So I remember having this moment several years ago when I was feeling really down and alone and feeling really lonely. I was single for quite a while and just spent a lot of time alone, isolated. And I was working in evening shift, so I would sleep during the day. I had little social time. I was just always working. And I reached this point where I just sort of paused while I was taking a shower and realized that somebody made it possible for that water to flow to me. Somebody made it possible for that shower head to exist, the bathroom. Almost everything in my environment was created by somebody I will never meet and never have any interaction with. It was invented by somebody I'll never meet. And it just sort of rippled out to me realizing all of these levels of interconnection and relationship that we all have in the world. And this is one of the most important things as a human being in our human experience is our relationships. And I want to say thank you to Rachel, who reached out and asked to learn more about relationships herself. And this is a question pretty much everybody wants to know about in astrology, of course. Am I compatible with my partner? Will we stay together? Is this the right partner? If we're getting into a fight, should we break up? Should we stay together? What should we do? Should we have kids? Should we get married? Should we start a business? Right? All these questions that come up about relationships. And of course, Vedic astrology is one of the best tools for understanding that better. My name is Jeremy Devins. This is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. And today's episode is all about relationships and how you can begin to see your compatibility with your partners, what kind of partnerships you might end up in. And of course, I do not recommend basing any major life decisions on this one podcast. This is very general information that will apply to everybody. And if you want specific information for you and your relationship, Schedule a reading with me at quietmindastrology.com. You can set the time and make the payment there, and then we'll meet over Zoom, and I'll record it, and we can look at your chart, we can look at your partner's chart, or whatever sort of compatibility you want to look at. But first and foremost, you want to look at your chart first. You want to understand yourself first before you start looking to fix or change other people or looking to other people to maybe uh, get you out of a situation or thinking if I just had the right relationship, then everything would be good. Of course, that's not going to be a very sustainable, effective approach to life in the long run because those relationships might end and then you, you've got to figure things out again, of course. So you can't be completely independent, but you also can't be completely dependent. So we're aiming towards this level of interdependence where you're strong and stable and focused and know who you are and why you're here on your own. And Vedic astrology has immense, immense tools for that and understanding your dharma and your purpose and your life path. And understanding that we are really impossible to separate from other people. I, I can't take a shower without the inventions and the work of millions of other people throughout time. And uh, we just can't even really do much. We like we go to the grocery store, somebody else got that food for us, right? And we pay someone to manage the store. We when we check out, we're paying that store to manage that whole thing. Right? Imagine if we just tried to live completely, truly independently and took away everything that was created by other people for a day. Like it would just be a completely different world. So we're interdependent. We're social beings. And that's part of how humans as we are evolved because of our social nature that's why we are the dominant species at the moment and if you ever read the book sapiens you see it see all that so relationships are essential we need to make sure that we are choosing relationships that are in alignment with us but we've got to know what our own alignment is first all right so i'm going to share 10 
specific things that you can look at in this episode to understand relationships. Number one is trust your intuition. So this has nothing to do with the charts, nothing to do with knowing your astrology. And this might not be what you want to hear. Uh, you might want to think, well, I'm a, uh, this rising sign and what does that mean with them? Forget all of it. Forget it all. Because once you know all that stuff, you've got to forget it again anyway, right? It's just a map. It's like, yes, you can, you can go left on this street and right on that street and you'll end up at your destination, but you could also go through this back road. You could go all the way around that way. There are many, many ways you can end up at your destination that you're going to. And there are many ways that your chart can manifest positive, negative, or neutral. And I talk a lot about this in my Vedic Astrology 101 course. So if you want to know more about the general overview of everything to do with astrology, that's in that course. But again, all of it is just to give you a sort of language to work with, right? We all know English language, but at a certain point, you don't try to think about what the words mean or how I'm saying it. You just let it flow through you and you trust your intuition and that you'll need whatever you need to know, you'll know it when you need to know it. And whatever you need to do in relationship, you'll have that intuition and that that presence. That's really the skill to develop is presence and intuition of does this person, how do I feel when I'm with this person? Do I feel like alive, lit up, engaged? Do I feel some fear and anxiety? And is that just my own conditioning and my own patterns? Is it really just a projection on them? Most cases, it probably is, right? So we do our own self-awareness work. We do our own practices to stay centered and calm and focused and in alignment. So when we interact with others, we're coming from that place of fullness, that place of presence, curiosity, and trusting your intuition of like, does my body move towards this person or away from this person, right? And if you're in a relationship a longer period of time, you're going to have a whole lot of conflict. Everybody's going to have a whole lot of conflict. We don't just meet people who are just like us and then we're just fine, right? We meet people who in some ways help us resolve our own samskaras and work out karmas and we learn and grow together. So is your uh, version just like being afraid of engaging with that stuff? then it's your own inner work. But if this person is physically abusive, emotionally abusive, harmful, causing physical actual harm to you, yeah, then you probably trust your intuition and leave and get out of that situation, of course. But in most cases, it's just a matter of, you know, what feels right in alignment for you. All right. And then the last two things before we get into the actual astrology of it, because again, this is really important, is number two is like increases like, and number three is opposites bring balance. And these are Ayurvedic concepts. And this is from the origins of astrology and Ayurveda and yoga. It all goes back to the Vedas, which teach that like increases like, and opposites bring balance. So if you're a really hot-tempered, fiery, ambitious, driven person who likes to be very type A and get things done, and you match up with a partner and you choose a partner who is also those things, type A, they like to drink, they have anger issues, they're aggressive, they're very ambitious, like all these fiery qualities. Maybe you're both an Aries rising and an Aries sun, right? really strong, fiery energy. You're going to, ex you're going to create an excess of that energy and you're going to have explosive fights and you're going to really get angry at each other. And you're going to have a lot of frustration, probably have really good makeup sex, but you probably have a lot of frustration to get there and a lot of fights and conflicts and maybe even actual abuse. So this is like increases like. Now let's say you take that same Aries rising type A sun and Aries person, very ambitious and driven, and you take their opposite. So what's the opposite of Aries, right? With every, there's 12 signs. So there's 
there's pairs there's six pairs of opposites all right so you go the opposite of aries is libra the seventh sign of the zodiac so you take this aries rising aries sun person put them with a libra rising libra sun person and that's the opposite sign opposite energy and they're probably going to be focused more on what's harmonious what creates balance in the relationship they are an air sign, so they're going to be more intellectual and more thinking of the mind. And emotions and logic are different pathways in the brain, so they'll bring a different perspective. And they're not going to match your fiery anger, hot temper, frustration with the same. They're going to bring the opposite of trying to listen and understand and find what you need, because that's what Libra is interested in. And these are very generalized, right? And being very general. Do not take this as relationship advice. This is like imagine you're just studying astrology as a subject here do not make life decisions based on this advice uh, but it does help you give perspective and it, and it works a little better if you tr try to apply this to your relationships like if you know you're an aries rising you have a libra rising friend uh, you might balance each other out and give each other really good perspective what happens in relationships and intimate partnerships is you get into all these triggers and wounds and emotional fears and uh, the samskaras, the, the wounds of the past, and it's very difficult to see anything beyond that. And now you're engaging with this person as if they were the caregiver who wounded you, so you can't see clearly, and you're not going to react from a place of intuition and alignment, but rather reactivity and hurt, right? So, so it's not always as easy to engage with this stuff in intimate relationships, because in an intimate relationship, you're going to open up all the wounds and all the stuff comes out. In a friendship, it's much more on the surface by comparison. Even a very deep friendship is is not going to open these same wounds. So you're not going to have the same issues. So you cannot compare your relationships to your friends, to your husband or wife or committed relationship partner. Uh, it's very, very different dynamic, right? And even in astrology, based on where they are in your chart, your partner is going to be in the seventh house and your friends are not. They're going to be maybe in the 11th house or different depending where you meet them in your life, right? It's not going to be in the seventh house. It's a very different energy. All right. So with that said, like increases like and opposites bring balance. So you're probably going to be attracted to people who are very much like you in some ways and you might create excesses and create imbalances with that person. But if you pair up with somebody who's a little more opposite and this might you know, create some friction and the friction is not a problem. It's, it's okay. You learn from that friction of like, you know, I'm very this way and they're very that way. And maybe we're just not meant to be. No, no, no. It's that you want opposite energy. You want perspective. You want different energies. If you're just the exact same, you're going to create excess in that direction. And you're going to create some sort of burnout or fatigue or over exhaustion or overexertion. If you're both two type B people, if you're both Pisces, you're both going to just be indecisive and never get anywhere and kind of feel like you're lost and lose your purpose, right? And just want to snuggle all the time and hang out, right? Uh, so you want to make sure you have opposite energy. So maybe you're more maternal and the other person is more active in into sports. That's okay, right? Embrace the differences. And in our Western culture, so much of what's happening right now in society is about uh, oh, you're different than me? Well, I'm just not going to engage with you at all. I'm just going to cut you out of my life and not talk to you ever again, right? And that's a very dangerous direction to go in because now we become even more isolated and more disconnected and we forget how incredibly interconnected we are and we need a variety of biodiversity of different experiences of different perspectives. So if you have that friction in your relationship, that's a good thing. 
right? You want different perspectives and you want to find a resolution from that friction. This is what yoga is. It's bringing together opposites, finding the union of opposites in the middle of that friction where now you create a harmony despite the friction. Okay, so number four. So what, what signs are like increases like, opposites bring balance. What are we talking about here? Okay, so what's compatible? What signs are compatible with each other? Okay, so if you don't know your rising sun or moon sign, go to quietmindastrology.com and you can get a free chart at the bottom of the page. You can look at your birth chart. You need to know pretty accurate. You need to be very accurate on your birth time because even one minute difference could put you in a different sign. So if you uh, are not sure, try to get the date from your, uh, the time from your mom or dad or your birth certificate or as close as you can. If you can't be exactly right, Go by feel. Does, what does it feel like you're more of a rising sign of this or that? So you can check out your chart there. And before you even look at anybody else, look at your own chart. And I very much encourage, if you're going to look at other people, do it with them. Because you're just not going to see everything. You're not going to see clearly. Again, I'm very <laughs> a lot of caveats here. Because I don't want you making decisions based on half information. Right? You, you've got to understand your chart yourself first and uh, work with the other person if you can and have them look at their chart too. Okay, so what signs are fire signs? All right, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are the fire signs. So those three signs, if you're like an Aries rising or moon or sun, and really the rising sign you wanna look at, uh, in some cases, the sun and moon as well, uh, the moon specific, especially, uh, but I, I particularly pointed out the sun in Aries because sun is exalted there. So that's really strong Aries quality. Uh, but any of these energies, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius that are really strong, like especially if you have like three planets in that sign, that energy is going to be really dominant in you. Right? So those are the fire signs. And you pair up with somebody who's also a fire sign. There's going to be this quick compatibility. Like you get each other. You think the same. You got this common energy but you want to be mindful not to uh, go too far in that direction because like increases like so you've got to bring in the opposite as well you got to bring in things that are more like type b more chilling out more relaxing right going for long walks not having a goal all the time right maybe you have a few hours a day where you work really hard and a few hours where you just chill together okay so then there's the air signs gemini libra and aquarius Again, you put any of those together, it's probably going to be this instant spark of compatibility. <clears throat> but if they go too far in that direction, you become too heady, too intellectual. Uh, depends on everything else in your chart, right? This just talking about very general information. Uh, I put those three signs together and you might, you might become too intellectual, too heady, too disconnected from your body. Right, but when it's imbalanced, you can be very witty and clever and uh, very insightful, have really deep, meaningful conversations and just really connect uh, intellectually and through your minds. And then there's the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio and Pisces. There can be a lot of emotional ups and downs, too much of these energies together and you become just emotional uh, roller coasters, intense, up and down and high and low every day right? Outbursts and tears every day, fights every day, uh, really intense. But when it's balanced, really nurturing, really connecting emotionally, like you really feel seen and heard and understood by your partner is this deep level of connection and empathy and care. The earth signs, 
Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Right? If you both have those energies dominant, like your rising sun, moon, a few planets in those signs, really strong earth sign energy. If you go too far in that direction, you become sluggish, heavy, stagnant, dull, lethargy, apathy, uh, too controlling, too rigid, too strict, too restricted. You just feel like you're just in a box and it gets really stale and boring and dull. But when it's well managed and you, you're aware of, okay, we both have this strong earth energy, uh, we want to make sure we balance it out by, you know, not just staying in, but we also uh, use our structure, our stability, our focus, and our discipline that we have to do things that really matter to us, that express our uh, joy and care and service to others and getting to help others. Uh, how can we help society? Uh, what can we build together? What can we create together? Uh, these earth signs can really create a lot of structure and roots and foundation for amazing things to grow, like literally a garden, like growing a garden together from the ground up can be really beneficial. And anything that has you like creating and building something together can be really beneficial. So that's number four is knowing what's compatible. So fire, air, water, and earth signs, when you pair up with your own sign and you both have either a fire rising sign or uh, sun and moon or three or more planets in one of those signs. Again, like increases like. If you have too much of that, you're going to burn out. You're going to go into excess. You're going to create imbalances and conflicts and issues. But when you're aware of that imbalance, uh, then you can manage it. And you can, okay, you know, we've been uh, earth to earth signs. We've been stuck inside for too long. We need to get outside. We need to go for some fresh air, take a walk, take a trip to water signs, right? We, okay, we've been just emotionally up and down and fighting all the time. And should I stay or should I go? Like maybe we could uh, just kind of get some resolution here and resolve this thing and uh, just move forward with it and, and set, set some clear boundaries of like, okay, you know, bringing some more of that earth energy of like, all right, we'll talk about our things here, you know, maybe in therapy or at this time and not just let it all spill out all the time. Right. You can see how uh, and then you take like a water sign and put them with an earth sign. Now that up and down of the water sign has the structure and boundaries of the earth sign and they both can teach each other a lot. They can learn so much from each other. Right. The cancer rising or sun or moon can learn how to uh, have more structure and boundaries and uh, ask for what they're worth and claim their worth and know their value and have more boundaries with their time and not just give and give to everybody because they want to help everybody. And then the, say the Taurus rising, who's their partner, can learn how to be more emotionally available, emotionally expressive and, and open and increase their emotional intelligence from the cancer and not be as sort of stuffy or shut in in their emotions or withholding of their emotions right we're letting it build up and things like this right so you see how these opposites can really bring balance to each other it can be a beautiful relationship of bringing out qualities that the other person you know i could say lacks <laughs> like they're, they're, we all have our strengths and weaknesses right and of course we all want to be independent and strong on our own but we're not everything we can't be everything like we have certain traits that are dominant and certain things that are blind sides and weaknesses and our partners can help us see those things and improve those things and bring balance to each other okay so number five which i touched on briefly is just knowing your rising sign your sun and moon those are 
the general main indicators of your personality and your sort of uh, mindset and your outlook on things, your rising, your sun and moon, and as well as your partners, right? So you want to always start with yourself, understand yourself. Then ideally, if your partner is also into astrology, they're looking at these things too. Uh, I'd be cautious about looking at astrology for them too much. Oh, babe, you're a, did you know you're a Taurus rising? You know, they, that's probably not a good strategy, probably not going to be effective. So stay in your lane, focus on yourself and understand yourself. So uh, know what your rising signs and general nature characteristics are. I cover all this in the Vedic Astrology 101 course, uh, but know your strengths and weaknesses, right? Again, like the fire signs, you might be very good at starting things, wanting to adventure, being uh, ambitious, but not so good at being able to wind down and, and check out and relax and and uh, take self-care time, right? So you know that, okay, I've got that sort of blind spot. And uh, just knowing yourself, knowing your strengths and weaknesses and owning it and saying, like, okay, you know, I'm really good at this, not so good at that. And then your partnership, not looking to them to, to fix that or like be the missing puzzle piece, but to just know like, this is how I'm showing up in a relationship. I'm not perfect and I'm not expecting them to fix me or be perfect either. I know that I have flaws and I know that I have strengths and I have weaknesses and I'll do my best to uh, focus on my strengths and help support the relationship from those strengths. So next you can look at your Venus sign. So number six is where is your Venus in your chart? And this will tell you a lot about your relationships in general. For a male who is looking to date or marry a woman. You, your Venus is representative of your partner. Uh, for everyone in general, though, Venus represents relationships. So take the qualities of Venus, relationships, love, beauty, also art, music, singing, dance, things like this. And where is it? What sign is it in? What qualities does it have? What do you love? Where do these things show up? Is it in Aries? So you're very, very passionate lover. You kind of have this uh, quick attraction, this immediate impulse of like, oh, wow, that person is awesome. I want to be around that. I want to date that person. I want to marry that person, right? Or is your Venus in Virgo? It's considered debilitated there, where it's like uh, more cautious. It's, it's more critical. It's more analytical. It's more cold. It's more in the head of like, like, hmm. Do I love this person? Hmm. I wonder. Do do I what would it be like if I dated that person? And you're just kind of thinking about it rather than feeling about it, right? So knowing this, right, and your partner, if you're a male, your female partner may also be of these qualities where she's more in her head, more analytical, maybe a genius in the intellect, but not as much of a genius in expressing her emotions. Right, so uh, understanding where your Venus is and how that could play out how it tells you a lot about your how you show up in relationships. Then number seven is your Jupiter, Mars, or Venus. Right, and this is for your specific spouse. So if you're a female, if you're dating a man and want to marry a man or date a man, then Jupiter is the planet to look at. So. Is your Jupiter in Leo? Jupiter in Leo. So Jupiter, the the guru, the teacher, the wisdom, the benevolence, 
and also an indicator of whether you'll have children in some cases. Uh, it's also an indicator of your spouse. So what, you, what would your husband or partner or boyfriend be like? It's in Leo. What, is, what do we know about Leo? It's the king of the jungle. It's this regal royal energy. It's this uh, fire sign energy. So your partner might be like a leader, a business leader, CEO, executive, boss, uh, the head of a athletic team, some sort of leader like Jupiter is the teacher, the guru, the general uh, in the sign of Leo, which is even stronger for all those qualities. Or let's say uh, if Jupiter was in Cancer or it's considered exalted. So all those Jupiter qualities are even stronger but now it's like not just a leader, not just a teacher, but somebody who has great levels of compassion and understanding and empathy. Great placement to have in a chart for a woman for who's wanting to date or marry a man. Uh, so Jupiter and Cancer is all the qualities of Cancer, the emotional awareness, emotional understanding, but with the benevolence, the sattvic nature, the pure nature of Jupiter, really good placement. Uh, so your partner would be emotionally intelligent, good leadership skills, just a, I mean, it can't be any better. That's, that's the Jupiter exalted. So a great place for that to be, right? So just look where your Jupiter is for a woman, for a man dating women or marrying women. It's Venus, as I talked about. Now, if you're in the same sex relationships, it's Mars. So if you're a woman wanting to date women or marry women and man to man, that's, you look at where Mars is in your chart and that will tell you uh, a good de deal about, you know, the qualities of your partner. So again, look where Mars and just take the qualities of Mars. And in this case, it's more to do with the qualities of partnership and relationships. So you can sort of take number step number six, where I talked about Venus as the general indicator of relationship. If it's a same sex partnership, then Mars replaces Venus in that way. And Mars replaces Jupiter and Venus as the indicator of the partner. So same sex, look, just look at Mars. Where is that? And that's going to tell you quite a bit about your partner. Now, number eight, superimpose your charts. So you take your chart on the left and their chart on the right. And just imagine you put them together. And now instead of nine planets, you've got 18 planets, but you still have 12 houses. You still have 12 signs, but you take all those planets and just uh, superimpose them. So Let's say you are, uh, uh, let's see, Libra rising, and uh, you're always thinking about what other people need, and uh, you're very cons concerned about like what's going to be the best for the group, and how can I make sure this person is taken care of and that person, like what does everybody need? What's going to be harmony? What's going to bring balance? What's going to be fair for the Libra rising? And your partner has. Mars in their first house. Now you superimpose that. Now you as the Libra rising now have Mars in your first house. So you bring this warrior energy, this more selfish energy of Mars. Like what can I get? What can I do? What actions can I take? It's not as focused on balance and harmony. It's more about, I'm just going to take action and move forward and get things done. Now it takes away a lot of the indecision. So now say you marry this person, you take their Mars into your first house when you get married. Now you become a much more decisive person and you become much less indecisive, much less worried about what does everybody else need, but what do I need? 
And what can I do for myself? Right? You see how this can change a person. And we change when we're in relationships. So that's a really fascinating thing to look at. Again, do not make important life decisions based on this. Consult an astrologer. Make sure you're actually uh, getting a different perspective than your own because you're going to have your own biases and filters and perspectives. You're not going to see your own stuff clearly. We all need different perspectives. So consult with an astrologer before you make any decisions based on this. Otherwise, just consider it sort of entertainment and that you're going to do this just to focus on the positive stuff. All this. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Jupiter is exalted. Great. Oh, Mars in the first house. Okay, I got uh, a little more ambition and drive and a little more decisiveness. Great. Right. Don't focus on negative stuff of like, oh, Saturn's on the moon. Oh, that means depression. Right. It, it can mean a lot of things. Right. There's a whole, you got to look at the whole chart holistically, all the compatibility holistically. You can't just make uh, these generalized or, uh, predictions uh, yourself this way. I do not recommend that. Okay, and then number nine is look at your D9, your Navamsha chart. So D9 means the ninth divisional chart. So you can make a chart based on each of your houses, essentially, of the 12 houses. And there's even more divisional charts than that. But essentially, the D9 is right up there, second to your birth chart, as one of the most important charts to look at. It tells you about your spiritual, personal progression in life. It tells you about your partner. And uh, these are a little harder to find. You're not going to, like on my website, you don't get a D9 chart when you when you do that. Uh, it's it's kind of deep into the weeds of things. Uh, and you don't really need to know it. But if you consult with an astrologer, ask them about your D9. Especially if you want to know about marriage and relationship, ask them about your D9. Because that shows generally what you can expect from a partner. Who you become in partnership. And who you become after marriage. Or after age 35, or after you've lived with someone for several years together. And even if you're not married, you just live together. It changes who you are and who you become, and your D9 gets activated. So this chart is like a whole other birth chart. Everything's different. Now, there's sometimes it's pretty similar, but generally things all move around and it shows how we change, right? We all know people who become very different after marriage. We all know people who are pretty much the same after marriage. The D9 can be pretty similar to your birth chart. So that's another place to look. I'm not going to go into that much more here, but you just want to make sure if you're looking at relationships, you're getting a reading, ask about your D9, because that's like a whole chart specifically about marriage and relationships, and it shows you who you become in marriage. So like different personality traits come out after marriage or after your mid-30s. It's in that chart, and it's pretty fascinating stuff. And then number 10, all right, these 10 things you can look at to understand relationship is your dasha. And this is one of those things that's, again, exclusive to Vedic astrology. It's really cool, really interesting is the planetary periods throughout your life. And I did a whole episode about Bill Gates's dashas because it was such a good case study of how his life completely shifted with each planetary period. And that's what happens. So you look at what dasha you're in when you're born and uh, that shows your general personality, same for your partner. Then you look for your Venus Dasha. Now this is a very auspicious time to get married. A lot of people get married in their Venus Dasha. Uh, you might not have one quite in your adult lifetime, right? It's, it's not, doesn't line up for everybody that way. So you might not have a Venus Dasha. You might be born at the end of your Venus Dasha. So you only get a year of it. 
right? And because of the way it rotates throughout the planets, the whole cycle, like you're not gonna get, you're not gonna go through two Venus dashes. You just get one and it might be in your birth. So you look maybe to your moon or your Jupiter, or you're gonna look at your chart holistically. You gotta look where things are with Venus, with uh, your chart in general to find, okay, we could find some auspicious times for marriage or relationship or children if you're gonna have them based on transits, based on other aspects. But one that's really strong, really good indicator is if you happen to go into your Venus Dasha, like around your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, right? It's a, it's a nice long period. It's 20 years long. So you got that going for you if you're wanting to start a relationship or get married. Uh, so the Venus Dasha is long, but when you're in that, that's a very auspicious time to get married or start a relationship. And uh, that's something you can look at. Again, much more depth than uh, this particular episode and it's not going to be on that chart you get from my site you just get your birth chart which is plenty to work with but if you want to go more in detail schedule a reading at quietmindastrology.com and we can look at your dashas we can look at everything in your chart to understand what's going on and when these dashas begin it's like you start a new phase of life and when they end you've learned some lesson you've matured and you move on to the next lesson in this next cycle of life and the Venus Dasha is the one you want to look for specifically about relationships, but really any of them, there's a Dasha for every planet, any of them could apply to relationships depending on the rest of your chart and their sub Dashas. So there's not just a, a, like a moon Dasha, but there's like a moon Venus Dasha. Then there's another sub Dasha under that and another under that, right? So you can really go into deeper layers of, you could be in a moon slash Venus, slash Venus, slash Venus, Dasha. And that would be a favorable time to get married, right? It's all gonna, there's a whole lot of aspects you can look at. It's all gonna depend on your chart and uh, particularly what's going on in your life, how you're working with the energies. And we always, always have free will and choice of how to engage with everything. It's just the weather, right? So all this stuff, again, it's really helpful. It's interesting. It's incredible how accurate it is, but, it's just like looking at the weather. It's like, okay, so it rained on March 2020, uh, you know, and it, it's there was a hailstorm in January 1998. Okay, so we know the weather, but what do you do with the weather? Did you go out and dance in the rain or did you shut yourself inside afraid of the weather, right? So we always have choice in what we do with this energy. And for that, I always recommend doing some sort of meditation practice or yoga or mindfulness practice. You can check out the Quiet Mind Yoga podcast where I post new weekly yoga classes every week. And again, if you want to learn more about astrology in general and how to really work with all this stuff, the Vedic Astrology 101 course is available now at quietmindastrology.com. And you can schedule a reading with me to learn everything you want to know about your chart and your relationships. And I didn't even talk about the biggest thing because it's just so much deeper than we need to go here. But how do they do arranged marriages in India? A big part of it is your moon nakshatra and your compatibility with your partner's nakshatra. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> like There's the mongolic dosha. If you have a, this certain aspect of Mars, that can influence your relationships and cause more conflicts. Right? So there's a whole other world to relationship stuff. I'm probably going to do a course just on relationships because it's so deep and in-depth. And that's how they arrange marriages in India. So, of course, uh, there's a lot of really cool methods. But... You don't need to know any of that. Trust your intuition, trust your instincts, follow that, 
And there's been plenty, a lot of these case studies I look at, it's amazing how their astrology lines up, but these people never had any interest in astrology, never looked at their chart, they never had a reading. They just lived in alignment with what felt right for them and trusted their intuition. And you can do that too, right? So I'm saying you could just throw this all out and just trust yourself. But if you want a little perspective and insight and awareness and a little guidance, that's what this can give you. So schedule a reading if you want that. But I hope you found this helpful. And if you have requests for future episodes, email me, jeremy at quietmind.yoga. I'd love to hear from you and hope you have a great rest of your week. Come back here on Monday for the weekly horoscope.